We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. up Nets fans welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz I'm Nick Faye with me as always Jack Manuel and special guest Justin Thomas to recap the Nets loss to the Indiana Pacers 116-125 fellas how we doing how do I answer that question Justin you answer it first uh feeling dehydrated after a long uh Friday night of uh <laughs> Halloween activities and then having to watch this with a pounding headache just made the headache even worse so it's not the prettiest scenes right now. Are you sure you were even dehydrated or it was just a game? <laughs> I that something was something was making me nauseous. I don't know if it was, you know, the Everclear or, or the Nets defense. <laughs> no, uh, obviously tonight's game was pitiful. The Nets fell to the Pacers. Now they are one in five. Obviously, there's been some off the court stuff that's been equally terrible. So it all kind of makes sense. As always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Jack, where do you want to start with this one? I honestly have no idea, Nick, because I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to clear my throat to rant and ramble for the next 14 minutes. No, but in all honesty, I was watching this with my partner and she had no idea. And she's not like, you know, the biggest basketball fan. She's just like, wait, what are the Nets actually doing here? Is there any sense? And the way I sort of put it is like, there is no semblance of team in the Brooklyn Nets right now. That We are the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvings and the rest of the brigade, and let's hate Steve Nash, and the leader of our organization is a, a figure I'm not the biggest fan of either. But overall, the defense was truly pitiful against a team that is one of the worst in the NBA and is probably aiming to be in the Victor Wembenyama sweepstakes, yet the Nets give up so many threes. I could have defended the three better by myself on that court than all five of the Brooklyn Nets that were out there on the court at certain times. They shot 23 of 46 from three. That's ridiculous, like legitimately ridiculous. Is this on the players? Is this on the coaching staff? It's a combination of both because – Kyrie Irving was calling people out, but he was making as many mistakes as everyone else in terms of his rotations, his lack of communication. We, The biggest glaring mistake that I made, Nick, and I'll say it to you as well, Justin, you, you might have heard, you might not have. I thought that this Nets team was going to be a decent off, a decent defensive team and possibly even better defensively than offensively given the kettle of fish when you've got Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, and Nick Claxton out there. They are an absolute disaster. 
They are a disaster on the defensive end. And offensively, there is a lack of cohesion. It's like watching, I know what's going to happen. It's just like, coming around, I want the ball in the post. Kyrie Irving's going to do a little bit of hero ball. And they are incredible. They're, the only, they're two of the only players that are in top 10 in the NBA in points per game. And the Nets are one in five right now, which is uh, just staggering to think. But the on-court issues, the off-court issues, we'll get into both of them. But Justin, I... I <laughs> I don't know if I'm even coherent in my own thoughts just discussing where the problems are in Brooklyn right now, but they are plentiful, aren't they? It's a lot. It's a lot going on. A lot, lot, lot of things are wrong. It's, you know, it's not like, it, it's almost, I almost kind of look at it as like a, as a car, like a lemon. Like we were sold a lemon, basically, at least for the first six games or so, because it's, it, it like, like you said, like, Going into the season, we thought the the strength of this team, surprisingly, would be the defense. You have so much versatility on paper with Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton, right? Kyrie Irving looked locked in uh, in, during the preseason, even in the first few games of the season defensively. Uh, Royce O'Neal, of course, on the wing. Everything just felt like, all right, things are actually going to be, not say perfect, but good this year. But as we know, as Net fans, things can't be perfect things can't be good something has to go wrong and a lot of things have gone wrong I mean to me honestly the biggest indictment on this team so far isn't necessarily like sets or anything like that it's just the lack of heart and hustle like yeah. it, it just it, it, it's it's embarrassing going out there I mean the best effort I think they showed really kind of was that Milwaukee game um but every Dallas game wasn't so too far, bad either I, that Dallas wasn't too bad either but it just feels like every game you just we just have these lulls where guys just don't look engaged on the defensive end. Guys just kind of lackadaisically walking up the court. Uh, missed assignments here, missed assignments there. It's just It doesn't feel like a team that has good chemistry. And obviously, it's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new new faces coming in. But at the end of the day, you, you it doesn't take any type of skill to hustle on the defensive yeah. end. It doesn't take skill to play defense. Yeah, it helps when you, know, you have the size to do it. But Look, you see guys that are very undersized in this league give their all, right? Alex Caruso is one of the best defenders in this league. He's not, you know, a 6'9 behemoth with, with, with you know, a crazy wingspan, right? So, it, it, to me, the, the biggest problem with this Nets team right now is just heart and hustle. Yeah, I think for tonight, that's a, a key fact. Like, you just look at the way they played. I think a, a sequence that sticks out is when... In the fourth quarter, the Nets were trying to make a run to take the lead back, and they allowed the Pacers to get three offensive rebounds. And Ben Simmons kind of like half-ass went for the ball, and Matherin was able to kind of grab it and get the foul and get to the free throw line. So just the level of engagement is terrible. And there's like a level of disinterest. And, you know, in that sequence, it was essentially like four other guys watching Ben Simmons try to rebound. And I'm not defending Ben in any way. It's just like... There's guys who are just almost looking for everybody else to do the dirty work instead of stepping up and making the play. And it's just the the level of focus, engagement, effort, all those check boxes, all those boxes are not checked. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Nets gave up a 42% offensive rebounding rate. That means 58% of the rebounds, they rebounded themselves. This is legitimately one of the worst rebounding teams that I've seen to like ever. And again, and I think a lot of it is the actual mentality. Like the, the talent is not there, but it, there are guys that are literally just watching the basketball. They're not even running in transition sometimes. They're just literally watching somebody else try to rebound. It is. It, it's so frustrating. And I think... Look, Kevin Durant needs to have a, a bit of a look in the mirror here as well because his disengagement tonight was was stark. You know, he took yep. was four shots in, in the first half, you know, and he was uh, he was doing a couple of little things here and there. Some of his defense, he had some defensive flashes here and there as well. But I thought this was his worst game of the year. Steve Nash on the defense tonight said, a quote, this is by James Herbert, it was a disaster. How else do you say it? <laughs> Stealing the words right out of my mouth. I didn't see the will, didn't see the desire or the connectivity necessary to get stops and get rebounds. You don't often hear that from Steve Nash. So we're seeing, you know, him get ejected, him showing a bit of fire, him, you know, throwing some guys under the bus and actually being, you know, honest and forthright. There are Justin, what's the biggest problem in Brooklyn right now? And but keep in mind, we like to keep these recaps to 30 or 45 minutes. It just honestly, it just feels like there needs to be a new voice. I, I I think we've gotten to that point now where, you know what, that a new, a new voice maybe needs to be had because clearly whatever's happening right now isn't working. Um, and obviously we've been on this, you know, the, the not to say the anti-Nash thing, but just, you know, he's, I, I think a big, a large consensus of us think he's just not equipped for this job. And it's not, there's no knock on Nash. We kind of saw it with Jason Kidd and, you know, when he first became a head coach and even, and even Jason Kidd in his press conference the other day, when I'm talking about Nash said, yeah, it took him the Brooklyn experience. It took him the Milwaukee Bucks experience. And then even just an assistant coach uh, experience with the Lakers to really become like a good head coach. It's hard for players to go right from, you know, the court basically to the head coach's seat. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And, it just I I don't know if that's gonna fix everything, but it, it it certainly can't hurt, you know. And I'm not saying that this is just, it, it should just go to Jock Vaughn either, because I don't I don't believe in him either. But I think a new voice needs to be had somewhere, s- some way, somehow, uh, for Brooklyn to get this thing turned around. I mean, someone to light a fire under them. And even if Nash didn't coach well this you know season, we wouldn't even know because I think the effort hasn't been good enough. The chemistry and the cohesion hasn't been good enough in a lot of ways. Communication has been terrible. But I think it's clear that 
they don't care for him. And obviously, when your best player over the offseason comes out and says, you know, we want the head coach fired, it's going to have a level of an impact, especially when the team has lost, you know, a majority of their games this season. You know, they've lost five out of six games to start the year. It's just there's nothing there. And if you want to take one more swing with this group, I think it's pretty clear you need a, a louder voice. You need somebody who's just willing to be aggressive with the stars at times, because like you said, Jack, you know, Kevin Durant was not good in the first half of this game. He had two field goals and three turnovers and he attempted four shots and he just seemed disinterested. And he was just like pointing to other guys, like shoot the ball, make a play. It was just not a great half of basketball. You just didn't seem like he wanted to be out there. We saw in the second half, he turned it up. He made some plays, but you know, if you play with that consistency, consistency for four quarters, you know, maybe the nets are leading this game or at least have a sh- chance to win at the end. It's crazy that the Pacers pretty much had this little lead for majority of the fourth quarter and took care of it. You know, the nets didn't win one quarter in this game. I believe that, that's bad. Like you guys mentioned it, the pay, oh, the Pacers are trying to lose or trying to get a lottery pick and the nets could not beat them for one quarter in the entire game. They tied the first, they lost the second by one, they lost the third by one, and they lost the fourth by seven points to the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers. That's Corey's laughing somewhere. <laughs> he, he literally is. He's clowning us right now. And to the victor goes the spoils. I, th- there are just so many systemic problems with the Brooklyn Nets right now. And uh, look, we in preseason, I think, you know, Justin, you know, I are in group chats as well, and, and we chat about the Nets and. It, it was like, you know, after these sort of 10 games, and it was just like, okay, after the game against the Bucks and after the game against the Mavs, a lot of people were optimistic. And, and I could see that optimism as well because there were moments and flashes of like, okay, th- there's something in here. There's an identity here for the Nets. And on the court, we can kind of see it. You know, there's some two-way potential, defense, offense, a bit of pace. You know, Kevin Durant doing, you know, otherworldly thing. Kyrie Irving getting to line and, and showing a level of purpose that we haven't seen from him in a long time. He's, I would be surprised now if he's not leading the team in rebounding. And that is an aberration to everyone else on the roster as well. But where we are right now, uh, it's as close to rock bottom as it does get. Thankfully, you know, we had a game in a couple of days against this team where if the Nets don't beat the Pacers by 15 points or more, it is an absolute disaster, you know, to, to quote Steve Nash. Because right now, I don't know, it, I, I'm with Justin. I've been on the, the fire Steve bandwagon for a very, very long time. I don't know what that changes, but it certainly changes at least something. And change needs to happen because a, a quote that Nick and I have often reiterated on this podcast, expecting this a, a different result after repeating the same thing over and over and over again and it's just the definition of insanity. And right now, all Nets fans are pulling their hair out and we have an insane organization on our hands. And we haven't even touched on into the utter chaos that's happening off the off the court as well. Um, but I think we'll stick with the basketball stuff first before we get to that. But uh, Nick, what do you think? Is I asked Justin and I know you sort of you know responded well, but I've sort of put it out there on Twitter as well because I honestly don't know what the biggest problem is. And if one problem can help things move in the right direction, does firing Steve Nash go, okay, it re-engages Kevin Durant in, in a certain fashion. And then we sort of get, you know, the MVP level KD, the engaged level KD, the guy that's sort of shit talking. And he, he sort of, you see that aggression, you see that motivation because right now he is, he, he's not there and he's still putting up, you know, eight to 20 from the field, 26 points and, you know, four blocks and three steals, you know, defensively, I thought he was pretty on tonight against a team that doesn't have a heap of offensive talent. 
and the lineups I thought were were decent enough tonight from Steve Nash in terms of prioritizing. We saw no Daron Sharp. We saw Seth Copa play a little bit. Obviously, he was very very rusty. We saw a lot of Joe. Um, we saw a bit of Marquise Morris, a, a decent amount of Yuta Watanabe. I just I, I don't know what the answers are, and people smarter than me, including you and Justin, probably have greater answers to this. Maybe it is an unsolvable question at this point in time, or maybe it's a question where it's just like it's A, B, C, and D, all of the above. Nick, what I mean, is- you're a teacher, Jack, so this is like one of those <laughs> multi-part questions. You know, this is one of those questions they throw. It's like an essay question where there's like eight different parts because there's eight different problems here. You know, there's problems in every aspect of the team. You know, you can look at it from uh, – of versatility perspective in terms of the players they put on the court, the lack of balance they have in lineups at times with one-way players. You can look at the cohesion that they don't have, the lack of communication, the lack of chemistry, the lack of energy and effort. You know, the coaching staff obviously hasn't been great. And also at times, it kind of reminds me of Justin will get this, is like when you see a quarterback and a coach and a coach wants to run a certain system in the NFL, but the quarterback wants to run another system at times. That's what I feel watching the Nets offensively is you see they do want to run some type of system and then other times it's like the stars are just going to ISO. So it's just like everything is disconnected. There's just a huge disconnect throughout the entire organization and there's also just no accountability and that's something Kevin Durant brought up over the summer and I think it goes from top to bottom. Like no one's held to a standard to get the job done. It's like, oh, uh, we'll get, we'll get them next time. We'll move forward with this. You know, we're still experiencing, you know, we're still experimenting and all these different things where it's just like, nah, you play terrible tonight. You should get benched and we should put somebody else in the game. Like there's, there's just not that type of like do or die mentality for the Nets. It's just like, oh, we'll wait to, you know, next week, next game, next year, whatever it is. There's no urgency from start to finish, you know, that, and that goes from the first quarter to the end of the season. You know, this team just always seems like, oh, you know, we'll turn it on later and they've yet to turn it on. We got a quote from Lucas Kaplan, who's now doing some quotes. Shout out to Lucas. Um, via Steve Nash, we have to really think about how committed we are to doing this. That's that's pretty glaring and and, and pretty out there. Now, Justin, I, I guess we're seeing. Uh, I don't. But know. is it too late to say stuff like that? You know what yeah, I mean? It's is, one in five, and you already like, lost a team. Is it trying to like you know cl- it, you know no use crying over spilt milk when your entire floor is is covered in milk like? Justin, like, how committed are the Nets? Like, is what, how much will firing Steve Nash if this does happen? And do you see it actually happening? Because the what we've sort of saw in the in the off season where Kimmerer had that ultimatum, you know, it's it's Nash and, and Marks or me, and we saw Josiah take to Twitter as he likes to do when certain issues do arise within the Brooklyn Nets organization. It, will firing Steve Nash actually change anything, or do you think it could re-engage the Nets in some form or fashion? Uh, so I, I remember writing about this last season. Um, you know, I kind of likened the Nets situation kind of to the Cavs when LeBron first came back, um, and they went and they moved the the they made the switch from David Blatt to um, Ty Lue. And obviously, we know what happened, you know, that season. Uh, is that similar thing going to happen to the Nets? I don't know, but something's got to give, right? Like, it's Nets know that the Nets are not no strangers to firing coaches midway through the season, as we saw, you know, with Kenny Atkinson. But so, something's got to change. I don't, 
like I said, I don't, I'm not a genie. I don't have the, the crystal ball. I can't tell you if it's going to be a great positive if the Nets fire team match, but they need somebody that holds these players accountable, like you were kind of alluding to earlier. You need somebody that's going to hold your superstar Kevin Durant, your superstar Kyrie Irving accountable, you know, on and off the court. You know, I, and right now, I just don't think that that the two stars on the team respect the head coach enough to really care about, like, because at this point, like, his words are are falling on deaf ears, at least in my opinion, because if you're still asking, like, if guys need to be committed, you should be committed the first day you step into training camp to an NBA season. So if you're still, you know, now you're two almost two weeks into the season and you're saying, oh, yeah, we got to re- you know, reassess, you know, the commitment level, that's a problem. And the commitment level starts at the top. You're the head coach. You need to be setting this type of structure in place so that you're not questioning if guys are committed or not. You're not questioning why guys are not hustling, not not giving effort on the court. So, like I said, I don't know if it fixes every, anything, but clearly whatever is w- happening right now is not working. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think another way that you can make players, you know, play harder is you bench them. You know, when they do something wrong, the court is you pull them from the game and you give somebody else those minutes and you, you know, allow, hey, like you just can't do that. Like there's just different things the stars do at times that you're going to allow. But there's other things that are just like so much of an issue. I think one thing personally that drives me nuts is Kyrie Irving just baiting for steals sometimes and just going for that steal. You saw that happen late in this game and giving up that three. And it's just like play your role, like play your role right now. That's just not worth it. And a coach should light him up because that blew the Nets opportunity to have a shot in this game. And obviously it's not Kyrie's fault. They lost. He had, you know, a good scoring game dropped 35 points, but it's just the lack of discipline across the board for this team. Yeah. Undisciplined is, is a really good way of putting it. There's systemic problems within the Nets organization and it's it's top down and and as Justin sort of alluded to something needs to happen you know because if nothing does we're gonna have this the same shit show to recap after the Pacers game on (laughs) on Monday evening but uh, are there any other like just general basketball thoughts you guys wanted to chat about because I think you know it it would be derelict of us if we didn't discuss the Kyrie Irving Joe Sy all the the issues that were sort of happening there. Justin, any sort of basketball thoughts, you know, that you wanted to to throw into the ether but we can have have a chat about? Yeah, I mean, like, I think I speak for a lot of Nets fans right now when it, in in, in in regards to the Cam Thomas situation, you know, he, he had that. I've completely forgot out. about that. Like, I, I was <laughs> I was like, this morning, I'm like, the biggest issue off the court for the Nets was Cam Thomas talking to the New York Post and, yep. and like tweets about Steve Nash not being, you know, giving him minutes. And I'm just like, that feels like literally weeks ago, but it happened like two days ago. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, Steve Nash must have forgotten about Cam Thomas as well because I, I just don't under I just don't understand – I, I like personally, I just really don't understand why he hasn't gotten any looks. You know, at times the Nets have struggled to to generate offense, uh, especially Cam, when Seth wasn't playing. Exactly when Seth when Seth wasn't playing, when Joe wasn't playing. Um, but you're throwing out Patty Mills, who has been scoreless multiple games this season. Obviously, you know he played his I guess his best game of the season. You know tonight, but you know you need you need that spark cam provides that spark he's shown he can he can produce on the biggest of stages last season so why he is now you know marooned at the back of the bench is beyond me like the fact that david duke junior had a bigger role yeah. in that dallas mavericks game than cam has had the entire season so far on the six games we've had is mind boggling to me i just i just really don't understand it yeah i mean I agree. I think for the first chunk of games, now that Seth and Joe are back, I understand him not playing, but 
when you're out there running Patty Mills, he's getting cooked, and you were desperately in need of another ball handler, another creator at points, you know, during the first couple games of the season. Why not give Cam a little bit of burn? Because he proved enough last year that he at least deserves a chance. You know, there's no guarantee he's going to stay in the rotation, but there was no reason not to give him at least an opportunity. I think my other concern with this team, and like we said, the effort, the discipline, all of that, but like, I, I think that like at times they're just not a very smart basketball team. Like you look, the Pacers were cooking like they shot 50% from three majority of this game. And obviously that's an outlier. You know, you're not going to see all of these guys shoot so well from three. But the fact is that they started shooting hot and the Nets continued to just hand them wide open threes. It wasn't even like these guys are shooting tough contested threes. Like a lot of these threes would be considered open or wide open for the NBA standard. And like, what are you doing? Like, it's just really, and like, yeah, the coaches could play a role in that, but at the same time, like have some pride as players to just step up and react to what's happening in front of you. And I think the lack of leadership, I think at times on the team is pretty obvious. They don't have a guy that's like, they're calling everybody out. This is where they miss a guy like Jeff Green, because since he's left, there's been a lot of lack of accountability and a lack of, you know, cohesion and chemistry in that locker room. Not to say that Jeff Green was the one that held everything together, but it seemed like he played a big role and no one else has been able to step up and bring the team and kind of call guys out for playing like trash. And we've seen guys just disobey their assignment on a regular basis. And because we don't have that leadership from the coach either, you know, yeah. the if you're not getting it from the coach, you need to get it from somewhere else. And typically, you Nets, need to get it from both. And the Nets yeah, are getting it from neither. They, not, there, there is a void there. And and Kyrie Irving's style of leadership is, you know, and we we know what it is. Like he he loves to talk a little bit, but then he does things that are just like, wait, that doesn't really match what you're sort of saying there. And I think, well, I can't fault Kyrie for his lack of effort, and it's more just a lack of execution sometimes. You know, a lack of intelligence on, on, on the defensive end more than anything. And lack of intelligence when it comes to Kyrie Irving can certainly be said about a lot of things. But I just, there, there's problems are plenty in Netsland. And a lot of people from, you know, the, the ownership down need to take a real hard look in the mirror because we're six games in and we're already talking about that this is the, the bottom of the bottom. You know, we're, we're, we've lost to the worst team. We've given up 57%, 50% from three. We're giving up rebounds and rebounds and rebounds and rebounds. You know, it is, it's shocking how bad, like a lot of people predicted, you know, disastrous circumstances in Brooklyn. I didn't predict it after six games and there's been on-court drama, off-court drama. And if you're not going to change something as Justin alluded to, then we're just going to be recapping and having high levels of frustration as we do this, whether it's on Nets Republic, whether it's on podcast form on the buzz, it's just going to be, and, and it's going to disengage the fans. You know, it's going to get to a point where it's just like, you know what? I don't really care about going to a Nets game. I don't care about watching the game. You know, we love talking about the Nets, whether it's in written form on Nets Republic or it's in podcast form for Blue Wire on the Brooklyn buzz. And a lot of, we count that as like, you know, a bit of a privilege that we get the chance to do that. But at this point in time, it, it's it's getting dreary. It, it, I'm, I'm sick of talking about the same things over and over again. And I think the, the frustration stems from the fact that there is potential within this net squad, within this net's organization, and it's untapped because it's untapped because of lack of leadership, as you alluded to, Nick, and a lack of execution. And the people that are in charge of making things happen and leading this team, whether it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Steve Nash, Sean Marks, Joe Sy, are all failing. They are failing to execute, and the Nets are a failure of an organization right now. You, you can't say anything more. 
Yeah, and this is via Nick Friedle. The Nets locker room is still not open yet. This is very unusual. Usually it opens up right after Nash speaks. So there's something going on currently in that locker room. We're not going to really be aware of it unless it's reported later after the game. But I think to an extent that's positive, like that they're at least trying to do something or maybe Steve Nash is being fired. I'm not really sure. But like you said, Jack, there has to be some level of change. Like what is going on right now? It's just becoming the idea of this team is great. The This team on paper is great. This team in 2K is great. But on the actual NBA court, it's not doing anything and it's not living up to the hype and it's not even playing at an average effort level. You know, if this team was just playing okay basketball, they'd probably have at least two more wins. They would have won tonight and they probably would have won one of the other games. It's the fact is that they have these inconsistent stretches of just playing really, really bad basketball and showing a lack of uh, interest and just not like willing to grind for a win. Like they, as soon as they get smacked in the mouth, they're just like, all right, we're good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's blatant for anyone to see with, with this book and net squad. And uh, I, I guess do Nick, Justin, any final thoughts before we get to, I guess the, the off court stuff. My final thought is the Nets suck right now. Uh, that's, that's, my a, final that's, thought. A pretty, that's a that's a succinct thought. I like the way you've summed it up, Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, if my final thoughts. I love the jerseys. <laughs> the uh, disrespect to these nice. jerseys. I, I I love the jerseys. I don't know why anybody would 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 not like these jerseys. These are great. This is this is your perfect. I mean, you can wear this to any cookout, any barbecue, especially for Fourth of July. You already got your your your, your thing set. Um, outside of that. I love you to Watanabe, and that's as big as I got. to Watanabe. Let, let's just uh, let's build around him. Let's build around Utah. <laughs> Give him thirty-five minutes, forty minutes, and build around Utah. Uh, the Uta Watanabe hype is strong in Nets world, and I'm glad you're a part of it as well, Justin. But I guess the off-court stuff is as big as what is currently ha- currently happening on the court with the, the Brooklyn Nets, and apparently okay so it all starts with Kyrie Irving taking to Twitter to post a book film was it was it a film I, I'm I believe it's a film based off a book it's a, and it's called Hebrew he, Hebrews to Negroes and has strong both like homophobia xenophobia Islamophobia like a, a heap and 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 really strong anti-semitism you know throughout and I'm, look I'm not well versed enough and, and I don't think anyone here on the buzz is is to be able to go, okay, we're the morality police and we can sort of say, and look, given what's happening with Kanye West and a lot of people have been calling Kyrie Kanye with a layout package, which is just hilarious. But um, in, in, in saying that, look, Kyrie Irving with Alex Jones with, with promoting some of his stuff on Instagram, you know, a couple of weeks ago and now this, the post is apparently still up. Richard Jefferson shared his thoughts, which I, I thought were relatively eloquent and, People obviously are, are, are rightly criticizing Joe Sy and his ties to to the Uyghur Muslims and the, um, for lack of a better term, the concentration camps that have sort of been happening over there in a big part and funded by Alibaba, the organization where Joe Sy accures a lot of his wealth. And Joe Sy responds to, to Kyrie Irving posting this and, and Kyrie Irving himself, look, at, Joe Sy uh, responded saying, I'm disappointed that Kyrie appears to support a film based on a book full of anti-semitic disinformation i want to just sit down i want to sit down and make sure he understands this is hurtful to all of us and as a man of faith it is wrong to promote hate based on race ethnicity or religion this is bigger than basketball Kyrie irving posted a couple of tweets after he said the light is beginning to dawn and he said earlier today before the game i am an honest 
and I meant no disrespect to anyone's religious beliefs. The anti-Semitic label that is being pushed on me is not justified and does not reflect the, the reality or truth I live in every day. I embrace and want to learn from all walks of life and, re and religions. And he um, posted Hella and uh, a couple of emojis um, in, in that. So then for those that might not know, an omnist is someone that believes in all religions. Um, uh, I... Nick, Justin, where do we sort of take this? I, I, I don't think I'm well-versed enough to sort of say who is right, who is wrong, but there is a lot of wrong, and I think that's probably the, the best that I can sort of sort of sum it up. And the, the on-court product and of Kyrie Irving is something that is dazzling and, and enigmatic to watch, and, and off the court, you know, some of the Kyrie Irving stuff, he, he's done so much great for the community, especially the local community and the WNBA and uh, so many other um, issues um, and, and philanthropic issues, but there are, some of his beliefs certainly leave a lot to be desired. Whether he totally believes this, I don't know. I, then he, do I take him at face value? And then Joe Sy, obviously, with his response... Justin, we were chatting about this off wax. I think you had a a decent enough summation of how this could have been handled better by all parties. And did you want to share that on 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 the podcast? Yeah, because um, you know, obviously, things get lost in translation on Twitter. You say you don't like, you know, that's why we do things on a podcast. That's yeah, why right? it's great you, for you, nuance. <laughs> we actually have some nuance on this thing, and we're great. We're we're really grateful to have you here as always. Yeah, like you, you could say I like ice cream and somebody's going to respond, oh, so you don't like bananas? Like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, what's what's going on here? But yeah, like I it's funny because like I was kind of like really processing a lot of this stuff while having adult beverages uh, on Friday night. Um, but, you know, it's not bad, you know, step, step back and look at it. It's just it's it's. A messy situation from all sides, um, and I'm not going to sit on my high horse. That's the one thing I've, I've I've been seeing a lot of on Twitter, especially with this type of situation. Um, a lot of people sitting on their, you know, their high plateaus, morality polices. Um, I'm not familiar with the the work that uh, the or the the piece of literature, the film that that Kyrie had uh, tweeted out. I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about it. So I'm not going to say, oh, it has this, it has that. Um, I'm not going to take value what people are saying you know about it because i'd rather just you know if if if, if it says it i want to see it for myself i don't want to just take say uh take it because somebody else said it you know what i'm saying um i want to have all the facts before i actually make a uh you know uh uh, uh take a stance uh but, uh, something Kyrie should probably try to do yeah like I, and, and that's what i'm saying like it's it's a just just tweeting that out I, like he is not the best when it comes to just staying out of the spotlight right like it's it what, what was the point of tweeting that Kyrie? i don't know especially with no context he literally just tweeted out the link to the you know on amazon um zero context zero anything so it, it basically leaves what your purpose is up for interpretation and everything gets lost in translation and he's a guy that has literally complained about you know people not understanding his points and his and his views and, and things like that well it's like you have ample opportunity to express and explain your points. And, and, and if you felt that this piece of work, you know, had some value, some, some things in the book, you know, could be taken instead of just posting it all, maybe a passage, something like that. You, you had the power to do that. Instead, you just put the whole work out there for it to be interpreted by others. Now, where I think Sa Joe Sai messed up on it was the tweet. Um, because I just don't see the point of why you tweet it out if nothing, if there's no action that's going to be taken against Kyrie Irving, um, 
whether that's a suspension, a fine, having him do community work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever you want. If there's no consequence, then what was the point of the tweet? Like it just, and it's, you know, in, in terms of like writing, you, you know, you hear this, the the stuff about like passive language and things like that. So like even in the first sentence of his tweet, uh, Kyrie appears to support a film based on a book full of anti-Semitic disinformation. So is it? Like, if you're going to say something, stand on it. Like, if it if it is, and if he is appearing that way, and which I'm saying, like, things get lost in translation with Kyrie. Um, but saying, I want to sit down and make sure he understands that it's hurtful, who is that for? Like, you don't have to tell us, the world, that you're going to sit down to talk to him because that's something you can do on your own hand. Yeah, obviously, you make a statement and say, oh, like, the Nets, you know, have there's no place in, in, in this organization for hate, hate speech, hate literature, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you telling us that you're going to sit down with him doesn't really do anything. It's like a parent, you know, you know, at, at going to school because the kid is in the, the principal's office and they tell the principal, yeah, I'm going to have a talk with little Johnny, you know, when we get home. Like, OK, but if you don't have the talk or if nothing comes of it. What what what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I'll just touch on the Kyrie stuff first. I think uh, Justin pretty much nailed it in the sense of like, Kyrie, you're posting a link to something that's viewed as anti-Semitic, uh, prejudice, hate speech, homophobic, all these different things. You know, this is known that this is this piece of off uh, this film, this literature is labeled this way, and you are posting it. You're posting it without context or anything. So. People are able to interpret it how they want and they can interpret it in a negative way because it's a negative piece of film. It's a negative piece of literature. So just putting it out there, knowing your history and how things have been viewed on you is just dumb. And it's a dumb thing to post. It's ignorant to just post something like that and not think that you're going to get any repercussion. Like it just really doesn't make any sense. He's just he just does these things off the court that just make absolutely no sense. And like Jack said, he seems like a great guy in terms of like donating to the community, community, taking care of fans, taking care of people when they're in need. And he's done some great things and said some great things, but then he does these things that just make absolutely no sense. And then he doesn't take accountability. He's like, well, no, the media is pushing me this way. Well, I mean, looking at it objectively, what, what did you anticipate was going to happen when you posted that link? Like, what did you think was going to happen from it? That nothing positive was coming from it. So I just, I really don't understand his thinking, especially when he says like he wants to focus on basketball, he wants to limit the distractions off the court. And this is f- what five games in the season, and now we're having this huge discussion. And then Josiah not knowing how to handle things with an NBA team in general makes things worse. And obviously, Josiah has a nasty history that we'll probably touch on another time, but we've mentioned over the summer. Like, this is just a disaster across the board. And we are six games into the season. And this is where we're at right now. It's just the most frustrating thing with this team. It is just, there is always something negative going on. And it's just like, can we just literally act like normal humans for a little bit? Yeah, normality is not a, it's just not a trait to, to the Brooklyn Nets organization. Uh, Laura Albanese posted uh, this on Twitter. Kyrie question about the tweet by yes. Uh, about the quote backlash and he, he responded what kind of backlash are you talking about responded for the tweet and he said who this is this is just, just isn't going to end well and I, I i don't think 
it's just like also it starts with the i know we talked about accountability and this is completely different accountability but when you aren't willing to take accountability for like real life things that you do that are negative and just saying my bad like i shouldn't have posted that like it's really that simple and like like justin said if there was something he saw in the film or that he thought made sense and it was like a very small thing like describe that and say that and then acknowledge that the other stuff was hateful and wrong and that he shouldn't have posted it like it's really not that hard like we're not talking about rocket scientists this is just literally just basic things and being a good human and just taking accountability for doing something negative uh yeah <laughs> i i i just think that there is just no good that can come from what Kyrie irving's done what joe Sai has done and er, like everyone here is just wrong like just just plain flat out wrong and I think the NBA came out, and as Justin alluded to, the, the Nets team came out with the with the response as well, which I thought was was positive because hate speech of any form and and any form of discrimination for gender, for race, for for everything else, religion, yeah, religion, anything else in between is truly abhorrent. And I, I just I, I just that that's all that's the only thing that I can truly bring to the table and and say because. You know, I've I'm seeing this thing, but I, I've I've heard about it, and if there are those elements, of course, but just this is an app. Like, I, I want to. Nick and I have said this so many times on this podcast, and I know Justin has spoken about it plenty of times. And whether it's his writing or when he's been on this pod, or whether he's chatting with mates or he's just on Twitter, I just want to talk about basketball, and yeah. I, I'd I'd be more than happy to have kept this as like a 25 minute pod talking about how the Nets don't know how to defend the three ball, don't know how to rebound, and Ben Simmons actually made some mild improvements and, and, and now he had a triple-double, but we're left spending the rest of this podcast speaking about something that no one wants to speak about, and it is abhorrent on so many levels. So I don't really have anything else to sort of you know finish off with. Justin, Nick, is there anything else that's needed to be said? We might have to do like another podcast speaking about sort of Kyrie Irving's quotes or something, but... I, don't know. I mean, just looking at some of the quotes, I mean, I just don't expect understanding from the media. History is not supposed to be hidden from anybody. What kind of backlash you're talking about? Like, I mean, at some point, like just you say just, what you mean, bro. Like, like, like yeah. honestly, that's all we like. Honestly, like it's and, you know, I'm just going to speak for this. Like, it's just, you know, it's it's hard enough being, you know, a black man in this country in general. But and then at, at any point, like people like the society wants to like tear you down and you don't want to give them any type of ammunition and Kyrie unfortunately gives you know society a lot of ammunition against them and you know I'm not to say I'm a fan of Kyrie but he has done good work for the community for you know, you yeah, know think- with the women's game everything like that but like then there's th- then there's times where it's like you know dog you're you, you're giving them opportunities to attack you your 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 credibility your character and even the work you do and even how this negatively affects other people not even just you but other people that are trying to fight for a cause it's just it's it's a ripple effect and it's 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 just it's disheartening it's it's tough because like and then as net fans and you know things like that like you got to answer for it you know, I don't. I shouldn't have to answer for what Kyrie Irving is doing just because he plays on the. the, the yeah, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> like, yeah, we we started the podcast to talk about basketball, and then like over the course of the last six months, it's been nothing about basketball for the most part. It's always been some level of off the court stuff, and just and a lot of it's been related to Kyrie. And, and you know, there was a negative connotation about him before he came to the Nets. His first season it wasn't as bad and then you start to kind of see things add up over time. And at the, at some point 
it's you. It's not everybody else. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he actually watched the film. That's what I'm getting from some of the stuff here. But also said that, to Nick, that may, honestly, I don't know if that makes things worse or better because at the same time, we're like, <laughs> it's all why, bad. Like, there's why just, are you posting it then? If it, it could potentially be this, like, why would you do that? Like, it, I, I, I'm like a very objective and try to be rational a lot of the time. And like, when people are extremely irrational and do things that make absolutely no sense, it just really just drives me insane. Everything is bad about the Brooklyn Nets. Everything yes. is bad about the Brooklyn Nets right now. Hopefully, the next podcast, Yuta Watanabe balls out and <laughs> five threes and has three blocks or whatever, and we can chat about that. But as of right now, there is no good to speak of. And you know, Kyrie called, <laughs> said to Nick Friedell on the way out, change your life, bro. Uh, there's the video out there. I'll encourage other people to sort of just watch his press up. You know, plenty of Nets media have been posting some of that stuff. But the Nets are in a world of trouble and we as fans are in a world of pain and frustration and disheartenment, if that's even a word, as Justin alluded to. It's There's not a lot of good to chat about right now and hopefully we get some of that going forward. It's a long season, but boy, oh we, boy. And Ben Simmons said post-game that they had a team meeting that was players only and everyone was quote-unquote honest. So... I, uh, <laughs> I mean, take take that what you want. Obviously, it's not that big of a deal right now, given given everything else that's going on. It's just a disaster across the board, like you said, Jack. It's a disaster of epic proportions. Anything else from you guys before we get out of here? I hope a chair was thrown in that meeting. I don't know, <laughs> just something. Just you know, somebody needs to throw it, throw it, throw a chair. It's it shouldn't be October, and the most relevant, you know, or the most competent bat the sports teams are the Giants and the Jets. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's uh, been a, a weird, weird world, but um, <laughs> uh, there is a disaster in Brooklyn. Hopefully they figure it out. They can get things, you know, on the right track. But until then, guys, always appreciate you hopping on, and big thanks, everybody, for listening.